0: Hey, it's Big Joe for your trusted, local, independent, American-standard heating and air conditioning dealer, Absolute Comfort.
2: Good morning. It is Thursday, March 16th. It is six minutes after 11. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So the go-to bank for U.S. tech startups came unglued, leaving a lot of its high-powered customers and investors in limbo. Of course, Silicon Valley Bank, facing a sudden bank run and capital crisis, collapsed And it was taken over by federal regulators. It was the largest failure of a U.S. bank since Washington Mutual in 2008.
1: And we were told that this would not happen... Again, because Mm -hmm. sweet government had interfered in 2009 and made all sorts of changes. Now, you were here, Casey, Mm -hmm. on Wednesday, or I'm sorry, on Tuesday. We discussed how Barney Frank, Mm -hmm. who wrote the bill, the
2: Frank Dodd bill.
1: Yes, was on the board of the New York Signature Bank, Mm -hmm. which has now since gone.
2: Collapsed Collapsed Taken
1: over Whatever you want (laughs) to say By the government So that's the intellectual Mega giants We're dealing with Who write our laws In this country Mm -hmm. That the guy Who wrote the law Was on a Board of a bank First of all He was when he was in Congress, you know, we got to rein in these banks. The Mm -hmm. banks, they're bad, they're evil, they're blah, blah, blah. And then what's he doing? He gets out of Congress, he goes to a bank board. right? And then he's on the board of the bank and he's so incompetent that the board of the bank that he's on collapses. So that's who writes our laws. Okay, that's number one. Yesterday, we had Michael Munger, a very well-known Duke economist on, and he made such a great point, as he often does, on how the role that government has played in all of this. Because when you see Biden give the speeches or the other people give the speeches, somebody must do something. These greedy so-and-sos, we're not going to let them get away with it. The reality is that government-created inflation played a huge role, along with the fact that they were allowing people to use crypto mm-hmm. as, uh, collateral. as collateral. Yeah. But government-created inflation destroyed the value of the bonds that they had invested in, which they were told, oh, no, these are super safe, unless, of course, government prints money like it's going out of style, which causes the Fed to raise interest rates, which destroys the bonds, so then when people run on their money, mm-hmm. you don't have the money to to offset the money that the people want. But the government doesn't take any blame in all of this, just like in 2008, the government who forced banks to give people loans who had no business getting loans caused the housing crisis, which caused the economy to collapse. Every time it's always the government's fault and government blames everyone but the government and the solution from the government is more government. Did I summarize that properly?
2: (laughs) Yes, you did. So the entire banking concept, it's based on the assumption that the depositors are not all going to want to withdraw their money all at the same time. And now some companies are putting capital into multiple banks as a way of hedging their bets but a lot of people are asking now where should we bank? Where is it safe to bank? And some of the biggest banks are getting more deposits like J.P. Morgan Chase Bank of America, Citigroup and also Wells Fargo. So this is the question is this just leading us down the path of digital currency?
1: Well and we had our man Bill Demery on yesterday mm-hmm. and uh, you know he, he made a great point he said look you need to know <coughs> excuse me you need to know your money. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, it's your job because we were asking you know are the banks safe or the unsafe? Mm-hmm. Well, every bank is different, right? Yeah. The things every bank is doing, Chase is not doing the same things that SVB was. PNC is not doing the same things that SVB was doing. Uh, State Bank of Lisbon, if we you know want to go super local, is not doing the things that SVB was doing. But you need to know what's taking place wherever you have your money, because ultimately, how you spend, how you save, how you invest your money rests on you. You have to be involved in in the process.
2: Mm -hmm. So SVB had no risk management officer for nine months leading up to this. So it really makes me want to go into my bank and say, hey, who's in charge here? Well, you're right. What are your qualifications? And and
1: look, ultimately, and we've heard this from multiple people now, that essentially every single bank you bank at, if everybody at the same time, whether it's a mega bank like Mm -hmm. a Chase or a PNC, or it's a local bank like Hendricks County Bank and Trust or State Bank of Lisden, if everybody at the same time went in and said, please give us our money, every bank would be totally screwed. Mm -hmm. There is some Banks are based on some form of belief and trust inside of the system, and everybody wanting to leave their capital inside of the system itself. So, if you thought everybody was going to run on the money, then you'd be screwed no matter where you put it. So, it comes back to what I said, Casey. Mm -hmm. It is a real-life version of the hit game show Whose Line Is It Anyway, where the rules are made up, and the 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 game's made up and the rules don't matter, mm-hmm. right? It, it just you just it sucks, but we have created such a crummy system by which money is just funny money anyway. I mean, for the government to judge anybody on risky behavior with finances when they are thirty one and a half trillion dollars in debt—that's the judger of responsible financial choices. That's
2: the pot calling the kettle black, right, right. there.
1: So, Kevin, O'Le- you ever watched Shark Tank? Oh yeah. Kevin O'Leary, Mr. Mr. Fabulous. Yeah, Mr. Fabulous. Mm-hmm. He, uh, my mother watches Shark Tank 24 hours a day, seven days a week,
2: mm-hmm. over and over
1: and over she again. She likes the invention. She totally loves Mark Cuban. She mm-hmm. thinks he's the world's greatest guy ever. We have tried to explain to her... <laughs>
2: Otherwise, well, we've tried to explain to her about Mark Cuban.
1: She also does not think the show is rigged, which I'm convinced the show is totally rigged. That it's pre-scripted. I mean, maybe not exactly who's going to win the bid, but they yeah. they know all these things about these people going oh, in for sure. They've they got,
2: they know who's walking through the door and what they, they're pitching.
1: Yeah, if you've never seen Shark Tank, it's four or five mm-hmm. uber wealthy, successful business people. They sit, they entrepreneurs. sit, entrepreneurs, yeah, right? They sit in the audience, and regular folk mm-hmm. get up there. Mm-hmm and give a spiel mm-hmm. on their product and why you should buy it. Now, on the show, they make it seem like, boy, these uh, investors have never seen these people before and have no idea about these companies, and this this 20-minute uh, song and dance glorified floor show will decide these people's future. And was I've tried to explain to my mother many times... These people did not become billionaires mm-hmm. by glorified floor shows. Right. They already have all the data. They mm-hmm. have all the info. So that if you like the show, it shouldn't ruin the show for you. But anyway, Kevin O'Leary, one of the main people on Shark Tank, mm-hmm. and he said, despite having... Um,
2: he had money in yes, SVB.
1: Yes, he had money in the bank. Yeah, He says... They shouldn't be bailed out.
2: Right. Okay. So the FDIC typically sells, sells a failed bank's assets to other banks. Yes. And they use those proceeds to repay depositors yes. whose funds weren't insured. Mm-hmm. And a buyer could still emerge for SVB. It may be too late for that. But Kevin O'Leary, Mr. Wonderful, smart guy, rich guy, probably has a lot of proprietary technology. He had money in that bank. And he said he shouldn't be bailed out. No,
3: you're not. This bank was run by idiots with an incompetent board. It's one bank. No one ever heard the name before. Now it's international. Why the hell did you keep your money? Kevin, you're a smart guy. Why did you keep your money there? if It was run by idiots. No, no, it's one of many, many banks I keep my money in. And look, I'm a big boy. And, and my, my whole point is, if you have more than 250000 in any institution, you're basically a hedge fund or a savvy investor or a business. You understand your risks, and you...
2: Okay, so he's saying he, he's he's a big ticket item guy, Casey, right? If I, he's got a
1: lot of money. If I lose $1, I it am livid. It stresses you out. And he's just like, yeah, I probably lost whatever. Bah,
2: who cares? Right, but he's <laughs> saying he knows that he has other money in sure. other banks to make it. Okay. and he's also recommending, which we've done here on this show that if if you got that kind of money and you are putting it all in one bank, you should not. you should diversify spread it out. yeah, and that was that was his comment as well as that the managers of SVB were idiots. that's that's what he said. and uh your your
1: boyfriend commented on this too. Vivek Ramaswamy. So for those of you who are new to the program, Vivek Ramaswamy is running for the Republican nomination for president. Mm -hmm. He is a young entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Casey is very impressed with the size of his wallet. Mm -hmm. And you are, you get the twinkle in your eye when we talk about Vivek.
2: He's, he sounds really smart. Is it all real and true? I don't know. We'll see. It'll all come out in the wash, won't it?
1: I have, I have, look. Casey, if this is any solace to you, I have been lied to by many women over the years where it proved not to be real and true, and I still had a very good time. Mm -hmm. So you don't need it all to be real and true with Vivek. You you two could have a very happy life together.
2: Okay, he he was asked, are are we going to have a run on banks? And he gave his answer, and then he also said that SBV wasn't systemic, it wasn't a systemic risk before, but it is now, he's questioning that, like why is it so risky now like didn't they know that before here's here's his answer
3: i'm sorry we'll make your blood boil okay so so i hope this doesn't air at night before people go to bed or whatever i'm not trying to just make people upset here i'm just laying out facts hard cold facts for years silicon valley bank and their cronies argued that this bank is not systemically important hey guys we're not important we don't matter to the rest of the banking system and therefore, we get to take different risks than a bigger bank would. That's just who we are. We never expect the government to save us. That would be laughable. Well, get to last weekend, that changes on a dime. What do they start saying? No, 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 no. If these tech startups, venture back tech startups, that could go back and raise more capital from those same venture investors, by the way, and the Chinese biotech firms to go with them, if we don't get bailed out, that is going to trigger Systemic bank runs in the United States across America.
2: Did you notice yesterday on Wall Street, all the banks obviously were trending down, but all the tech companies were up and energy was up as well. Casey? Yeah.
1: I am doing the thing now that I am in the market.
2: Mm-hmm. You're paying attention? Well,
1: No, I'm not paying attention. I'm doing the sage advice and leaving it in and not looking at it every day. Okay. It's like you are tempting me, Casey, to, to look? look every day. And you know I have a real problem mm-hmm. when it comes to obsessing over money, yeah. and I've been doing very good, so just leave me alone.
2: Okay, well, that's the thing with that stock market. When you go in, you're supposed to go in long term and just let it go and grow. But a lot of people are questioning, is it going to keep growing, or is the entire economy about to collapse? And uh, Senator Kennedy, the guy from Louisiana... John Kennedy. John Kennedy. Not,
1: not the guy that was president.
2: Right. He, he was asked if we're in the the middle of a banking crisis, and says that the Biden bank bailout was a crisis that was avoidable, and that Biden is telling America that nobody is responsible for their actions. Well, I hope we're not in the middle of a banking crisis, um, and and I don't think we are. Um,
4: but what what happened? The, the biggest bank failure was uh, Silicon Valley Bank, mm-hmm. and here's why President Biden bailed them out. Um, because President Biden believes in big government, and he believes that acts should not have consequences.
1: Yeah, wait, wait, wait. We gotta, we gotta get two breaks. We run along. I want to address that when we come back. Okay. Because for the Republicans to talk about anybody believing in big government or bailing people out Mm -hmm. or whatever bull crap he's spewing. Is he throwing stones? I got a real problem with that, pal. All
2: right, we'll get to it. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesempta Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, Ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. 1122 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So last segment, we were talking about SVP, SVB, Silicon Valley Bank and everything that's going on. And Senator Kennedy from Louisiana uh, made a comment. He said he doesn't think we're in the middle of a bank run. And he also stated that the reason it was completely unavoidable. But the reason it happened was because Joe Biden likes big government. Yes. So let, let's take a listen one more time.
4: Well, I hope we're not in the middle of a banking crisis. Um, and, and I don't think we are. Um, but what, what happened, the, the biggest bank failure was uh, Silicon Valley Bank. Mm-hmm. And here's why President Biden bailed them out. Um, because President Biden believes in big government and he believes that acts should not have consequences.
1: Man, that is so offensive, Casey. Yeah. That is just offensive beyond belief for that guy, a Republican senator Mm -hmm. who oversaw the printing of $5 trillion, which was the catalyst to record levels of inflation in this country, which was the catalyst to the Federal Reserve having to raise interest rates. Mm -hmm. That wasn't Biden. Biden certainly had his, his... play in all this. He did it. Todd Young did it. Donald Trump did it. Mitch McConnell did it. Most of the Republicans in the House of Representatives did it. They are as responsible as the Democrats for what's going on. And they sit like some disingenuous, holier-than-thou person on all of this. And this is always what happens. Government creates the problem. In this case, a bipartisan government, just like the last one, in which it was from presidents from Clinton to Bush, urged people, urged banks, mandated banks, forced banks to give loans. to people had no business getting loans because we wanted certain people or every person or whatever to own homes that had no business owning homes. And then the thing went belly up because the banks did what you told them to do and did what you permitted them to do. Because they were bad loans, and they knew were the bad loans, and you forced them into bad loans, and they pack them together to get rid of the bad loans. And then you people go, these evil banks, predatory lending, can't be trusted. Government must do something. (laughs) We're right back here again. The government caused the issue. John Kennedy and the Republicans caused the issue. Joe Biden and the Democrats caused the issue. So for this guy who printed $5 trillion of which we now know hundreds of billions that we know about, there's probably a lot more, Went to was a victim of waste, fraud, and abuse that went to drug dealers and scam artists and people buying Rolexes and Corvettes for him to judge anyone about picking winners and losers, about bailing people out, about big government. It's crap. It's horse crap.
2: You think that's uh, just really hypocritical?
1: But but it's what they always do. They always blame someone else. It's always someone else's fault when the fact is he and his Republican colleagues are just as much to blame as Joe Biden is. The banks, in this case, now look, the crypto stuff, was stupid. Mm-hmm. Lending lending with crypto's collateral was stupid. Clearly was permitted though. Clearly wasn't illegal. The government said go for it, mm-hmm. but the other side of the coin that they that they this bank bought those bonds which are supposed to be this one of the safest forms of investment, treasury bonds. But yeah. because of what you guys did mm-hmm. and the way you guys printed all the money that that made they so they didn't have the resources when people wanted their money. Mm-hmm. But he never go say that. These people are just the worst of the worst. And you know what? That, I think that was Glenn Beck he was on with. And I didn't hear the rest of the interview. But the fact that Beck just went, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs>
1: Why would you let somebody get away with saying let that? Let him
2: go with it. He was waiting for the soundbite. Uh, hey, Kevin, you know what? We're going to have to uh, get to Mike Braun here in just a minute because we have to get to a break. So let's hold on to him. Because Mike Braun had a lot to say about Biden's budget, that's coming up. He also had stuff to say about uh, what's going on with the House Oversight Committee. Casey. And James Casey. Comers investigating with Biden. Casey. And then there was a lot going on with the border. Casey. Rob.
1: I have a very important question for you. What? Did he say anything about when he voted for the largest tax increase in Indiana state history that goes up every year when he was a member of the General Assembly?
2: Are you talking uh, Mike Braun? Yes. N- not in the audio that we oh, have. Oh, okay. No. Man, he never
1: <laughs> seems to address that.
2: No, but he 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 had a big day and he was being tough guy in some of it and we'll get to it coming up from 93 WIBC How I wish how I wish you were here 11:33 with Kendall and KC on 93 WIBC <laughs> So House Republicans are going to receive access to President Biden's foreign banking documents. This is according to the House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer. He said that the committee came to an agreement with the Treasury Department to allow access to documents relating to Biden, his family, and even including Hunter Biden. He said, we just got word that Treasury said that they would give us access. And then Mike Braun had himself a big day. He was making comments on whether China has something on Biden and specifically Hunter. And then he went on to blame the current banking situation on Biden and his relationship with China.
0: But do you think that China has something on our president, namely Hunter Biden? Well, there's never been a family that has had more proximity uh, to someone like the Bidens and China. And it's been going on for a good while. So I can't speculate there, but who knows what you find when you open up intel like this? The American public needs it. I mean, it's behind our current financial. Issues when it was that big, I mean, based upon COVID navigation, the Fed ended up accommodating all of it. And Stu, it's behind all the issues we're seeing now in the banking industry. It goes back to what we did navigating through COVID. We deserve to know how it originated. Yes, indeed.
2: Okay, so kind of what you said all that money that was spent yeah. with COVID yeah. creating all of the inflation, which in turn had the Fed. Raising interest rates, Correct. which is why part of the reason why the SVB collapsed.
1: COVID destroyed our economy because we allowed it to destroy our economy. The government did it. Society proved. Uh, remember when they allowed, now, of course, you may remember because there were riots downtown right after they allowed bars to open again. But the society, COVID was no less of an air quote threat in June of 2020 than it was in March of 2020. And yet they allowed places to open and people figured out how to make it work. Mm -hmm. They could have and would have figured out how to make it work from the beginning. Government caused the financial crisis. Government is causing everything that's happening right now. I cannot reiterate that to people enough. Government shut society down. Government printed a whole bunch of money to bribe states to shut society down. The printed money caused inflation. The inflation, in attempt to offset, was a task given to the Federal Reserve, who did the logical thing, which is to raise interest rates. Mm-hmm. And in the case of this bank, the raised interest rates depleted the bonds, which the bank was told was safe by who? The government. <laughs> the prosecution rests, Your Honor.
2: It's one big circle. Well, and a lot of people are wondering if China has something over Biden. And that's what James Comer is asking. They requested documents about Biden, his brother, even Hunter and Hunter, Hunter's business partner. And they're asking for all of these different records because they're wondering if the Biden family leveraged Biden's position as vice president to sell access around the world, and did that play into what we do and don't know yet about the origins of COVID? And, of course, this investigation into Hunter is in its fifth year. But Mike Braun, as we mentioned, had himself a big day. He was also speaking on behalf of the White House budget and the director of the White House budget, Shalanda Young. She was testifying yesterday morning before the Senate Budget Committee and on uh, Biden's proposed spending plan. But Braun was slamming Biden's budget. He said that the math doesn't add up and it's going to be painful when the numbers catch up to us. He's calling for the federal budget to be balanced. He himself has a proposed plan to meet the objective. It's called the Braun budget plan. You like that?
1: Well, no. On because plan. Well, yeah, but let's play this, and then we're going to talk about what Mike Braun did when he actually had power and the ability to impact a budget, shall we?
2: Okay. All right. Here's it does boil down
0: to the simple question. Do we want to run this enterprise unlike any other place in this country? Do you think it makes sense to borrow money from our kids and grandkids for the latest and greatest idea that comes out of this place? That seems to be what you're doing here. Just give me a simple answer to that. Is it worth it'd be like asking your kids at Thanksgiving, I want to put an addition on the house, I want to take a vacation, and I want you to pay for it.
4: Senator, the President's budget is clear. He's gonna ask the wealthiest, top one percent large corporations, uh, to begin to pay their fare short in order that we can continue to invest in the American people.
0: Well, good luck with it because it's never generated more than a 70.5% uh, percentage on tax revenues as a percentage of our GDP over 50, 50 years. Therefore, I think you're being dishonest with the American public. Thank you.
1: Oh, okay. All right. So Mike Braun has said you're being- Irresponsible. Dis- and dishonest mm-hmm. by proposing raising taxes. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So we all heard that. I want to make sure we're all on the same playing field because what he said right there- is fine. He's 100% right. You'll never be able to tax yourself to prosperity. You'll never be able to tax yourself to a balanced budget. Blah, blah, blah. But we all heard him say those things, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. When Mike Braun was an Indiana state representative, when he actually had, he has no power over a federal budget. Now one senator, a low ranking member, he's a junior senator from a state that's in the minority party. He has no power whatsoever. So it's easy for him to say all these things.
2: And he's leaving.
1: Right. Well, exactly. Right. He wants to be governor. He's running Mm -hmm. for governor. Mm -hmm. But when Mike Braun had the power over a budget and he actually had sway over a budget, he was presented with an issue facing the state of Indiana, which was roads, which is one of the core jobs of the state of Indiana. Studying grapes at Purdue is not one of the core jobs of the state of Indiana. Roads and funding transportation is. What did Mike Braun vote to do? He didn't vote to cut government. He didn't vote to eliminate waste, fraud, and abuse. He didn't vote to take a fine-tooth comb and find every available dollar. He took the easy, lazy way out, and he raised taxes. Mike Braun voted for the largest tax increase in Indiana state history. It goes up every single year without any discussion. So not only did they raise taxes, he voted to raise it. It's still going up. You can still thank Mike Braun every single year. That tax on gas, which, Casey, I don't know if you looked at the roads. They still suck. (laughs) So Mike Braun's big government, Mm -hmm. big tax plan Mm -hmm. in which he said he tells this lady, as again, just like with John Kennedy, Mm -hmm. you have the audacity to come up somebody else's backside about raising taxes and how that doesn't work and you're never going to be able to fix it through tax increases. Well, that's exactly what Mike Braun did when he had the power as a state rep. So... Why would anybody believe him or take him seriously when he has a track record of doing the exact opposite of what he's lecturing this woman about doing?
2: And, well, that's an interesting point because he tweeted out Washington's irresponsibility with our near $32 trillion debt will swamp us and become... Unescapable for generations. And that's what he did to Hoosiers.
1: And his argument about, you know, remember that lady used the term fair share. Mm -hmm. And he got up her backside about her using the term pay your fair share or whatever exactly how she worded it. Mm -hmm. The argument at the time when they raised the gas tax was well, the people who use the roads will pay their fair share. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm telling you whether it's John Kennedy, it's Mike Braun, the parties don't matter. And Mike Braun is probably going to be the next governor of the state of Indiana because people are apathetic and lazy and won't do their research other than people who listen to this radio station. And they're going to roll over and vote for this guy because he's, as a senator, always said the right things. He hasn't accomplished anything, but he's actually said the right things. And that's what he'll run on. And he's very rich and has infinite money. And he'll probably win. But he's not going to get away with it on this radio show. He's not going to get away with it between 9 and noon. Because when Mike Braun actually had the opportunity to do something, he did the exact thing that he has the audacity to lecture and scold these people in Washington about about wanting to do.
2: Yeah. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Let's get to these next uh, audio clips here. The Border Patrol Chief Ortiz says that there have been 385,000 known gotaways who escaped past Border Patrol in the country already this fiscal year. And this, uh, he's directly contradicting Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorcas. And he told Congress that the federal government does not have operational control at the border. Let's take a listen at
4: 385,000 got away so far this fiscal year we continue to refine that number i've got to do a better job of accounting for the uh, actual encounters chief chief i have i have limited time i just need a number what percentage of the 1.3 that you know got away how much more do you think got away you
1: know that you don't know about
4: in my estimation based upon the situational awareness that i have probably be between 10 and 20% sir more
1: yes okay thank you
2: OK, so this is a hearing it's being held to determine the link between Biden and Mayorkas and border policies. And this testimony from Ortiz before the House Homeland Security panel can, it comes just days after a group of a thousand migrants tried to rush the gate in El Paso. And the Border Patrol chief, he was asked directly when he testified, do do we have operational control at the southern border? And this was his answer.
0: Chief Ortiz. Uh- does does DHS have operational control of our entire border? No, sir. Okay, thank you for that. Um, so, I'd like to share it with the American
2: people. So Republicans in the House have moved forward. They're introducing impeachment articles against Mayorkas for lying to the American people that the border is secure and uh, a dereliction of duty and protecting America's border. But uh, if we go back into the Wayback machine there, you might recall Alejandro Mayorkas saying by his own definition, the Border Patrol says the border is not secure. So let's hear it.
0: So by what measure is it secure now, sir? So there, there is not a common definition uh, of that. If one looks at the statutory definition, the literal interpretation of the statutory language, if one person successfully evades law enforcement uh, at the border, uh, then we have breached the security of the border. So what we try to do... What's your, what defi- goal, what's your definition? What our goal is to achieve operational control of the border. G4Ts, uh, does, does DHS have operational control of our entire border? No, sir.
2: So one million illegal immigrant encounters in the past five months have occurred. That's equivalent to the population of Joe Biden's home state of Delaware. Wow. Yeah. It's 1145. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC, and we promised we would get to your voicemails. It just took us a minute. 317-684-8444. That's the phone number if you would like to contribute. So,
1: oh, well, what day was this? Tuesday. Tuesday, we had the discussion. We started with Micah, and I think we had it maybe a little bit afterwards about, why people are so apathetic when it comes, especially to local or state government matters, why they don't come to the meetings, why people don't run for public office anymore, and how that is really killing our society because these politicians believe, and probably rightfully so, they can get away with about anything. And a lady called about that.
4: Hello. I just wanted to answer your comment or make a comment in regards to why people don't attend these uh, meetings with the city council and other little entities in the city. As a first-hand, having a first-hand experience with it, I can tell you it's because they really don't care what we think. They've already made their decisions on how they're going to run the city. And we're just peons in the scheme of things.
2: She's got a point, because as you were talking about that and asking the question, I was sitting there thinking, when you went to your little town hall meeting, it was the school board. Yes. It took them all of, what, 18 and a half seconds?
1: We, we timed it up, and... So this was related to the DEI officer that they Mm -hmm. lied about, that the superintendent said we're not bringing it back, and then we caught him bringing it back as the director of student learning, Mm -hmm. and then they uh, changed the the general description of the job after they didn't put it up for a vote last month because we caught him, and then they hid the DEI job in the essential functions, and then the superintendent's excuse was, well, yeah, okay, so this person's doing what the DEI officer did, but look at all these extra things we gave them Mm -hmm. to do. It's not even close to being the same thing. This was a huge issue in the community The school board knew it Mm -hmm. And when it came time to vote on it There was exactly, including the superintendent asking, are there any questions? And the cricket chirping that I inserted in, there were exactly 22 seconds. So the actual discussion and debate was about 16 seconds.
2: And you even set it up. I'm sure we're going to have a rousing conversation about this. Let's debate. Let's talk. Everybody here. You were the only one who spoke up. And then when you did and you even set them up, let's have a let's have a discussion 22 seconds later, they went to a vote.
1: You also have this case because I asked. I said, well, because I know it wouldn't be just because Rob Kendall caught you guys doing this. Why did the general description change? Mm-hmm. And the super did was basically like... Descriptions of jobs change all the time. It doesn't
2: matter. You
1: specifically removed the words diversity, equity, and inclusion mm-hmm. and put them down in the essential functions.
2: Job descriptions
1: change all the time. <laughs> and the school board, they don't, but this is the point. Whether it's the state and the fact that Republican senators the other day said that dcs can strip your kid away from you if you don't support them transitioning your child your kid your teenager they can just walk in and take the kid away from you or the tax increases or the property tax stuff or the gas tax stuff or the uh, record budgets or the throwing billions of more dollars at the angry red-shirted teachers they do it and rightfully so well i mean because they 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 don't fear you is why they do it. But they also, they don't have any moral backbone. Their only backbone is the backbone that keeps me in this office. And you, the audience as a collective, we, the audience as a collective, have not given them any reason Mm -hmm. to think otherwise. We are to blame for this. We want to blame everybody but ourselves. We are to blame.
2: Mm -hmm. Because there's not enough people. And that's what I even asked you. How many people were there at that meeting? And you said there were a couple more. Nobody else spoke up, though.
1: There, There were probably, I would say... 25 people total mm-hmm. half of them were the uh the wrestlers and the family members of wrestlers who got recognition for winning the state championship and you just look around and you go but it's the same thing at the town council meetings mm-hmm. it's the same it, it, it's everywhere I mean it's just be, people people are so apathetic and look you got to get legal, what I call legally nasty. Right? Mm -hmm. Within the confines of the law, everybody be peaceful. Everybody be obey the law. But the reason the red-shirted teachers always win is they're nasty. The reason the lunatic lefties win and the reason DCS can still walk in and take your kid from you if you don't support them transitioning is because the maniacs get nasty. The Republican Party is not your friend. The Republican Party does not care about right and wrong. The Republican Party, especially those Republican senators, only care about staying in office. You are not putting in the work. I'm guilty of this. I mean, I feel like I do it here, but, and I go to the meetings, but I could do more. We're not doing enough. And until we start doing enough, they are going to keep appeasing the people who do the stuff, who
2: who are making the noise. And that's what I said to you go be the squeaky wheel. Well, that caller said that they don't care. And you're saying, yeah. And we don't care. Until we, the people, care enough.
1: You get the government. They're not going to change.
2: Yeah. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Kevin. Good job today. And thank you for listening. We're going to count on you to be back here tomorrow. It is Kendall and Casey on 93WIBC.